Central Station Hospital is overcrowded. We have 2,242 patients on our book. How many doctors do you have taking care of the patients? Uh, we have nine. 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 How many children do you have at Central State? Oh, my, that's one of our big problems. We've got 58 of them. The handling of children is a different problem from the handling of adults. Personnel need more time to give special patient care. Everybody, this is Danielle. Oh, and this is Daniel. <laughs> and this is Carla. We are Hoosier Homicide, a true crime podcast by Hoosiers for Hoosiers or for anyone that doesn't know what a Hoosier is. It's not something you want to misplace. February 18th, 1975, a 43-year-old patient is found strangled to death on a park bench on the west side of the grounds. August 1st, 1978, a patient is arrested and charged with beating and stoning to death a 31-year-old patient from Arcadia. One month later... The body of a patient who has been missing for two days is recovered from nine feet of water under the Washington Street Bridge, which is probably the White River then. The White River. March 31, 1981. A fall from the hospital's water tower kills a 23-year-old Brownsburg patient. Much of the blame lies in a funding system that cripples efforts to treat as many as 155,000 Hoosiers each year. The tree-lined grounds of Central State Hospital feel like a college campus. But there is no mistake once inside the wards. This is an insane asylum. We wanted to probe into the mysteries that are hidden inside the grounds of the hospital. So my research began with the more traditional methods, documents and interviews. But what was quickly evident was the more non-traditional events that began to surface about Central State. I was compelled by the mystery of the place, and I needed to find out more. Obviously, it was founded over 150 years ago and uh, was part of the asylum movement. And as part of a general trend to deinstitutionalize, a lot of uh, hospitals were downsized starting in the 1950s. But we looked at the diagnoses of folks who were initially admitted. And that diagnostic list was, uh, well, let's put it this way, it doesn't fit with our current thinking about diagnosis. Back in the I think it was like the 1840s, uh, there were very few diagnoses. As a matter of fact, the most predominant diagnosis was idiot. I mean, that was the diagnosis, idiocy. And obviously the treatments that psychiatry and psychology have uh, utilized for those with mental illness have uh, ranged from compassionate to the, the medieval. They picked central states specifically because there was a lot of problems with patient care. People were dying in their care. And they felt unsafe there. Damn, Ricky. Damn, Ricky. For many, this is the end of the road. Are you for real? Am I for real? Mumbles one this of them. This makes me think of Shutter Island. Yeah. Mumbles a woman as she... That was a good movie. As a, mm-hmm. she that pulled, was a mind fuck. For yeah, sure. that's, cre- that's what this woman goes, Shh, that creepy old woman with the yeah. blue eyes. She's like, and you're like, fuck up. Are you for real? 
Am I for real? Mumbles a woman as she pulls a dirty knit cap down over her eyes on Ward 26 in the Bolton building. Me after I take a Vegas bomb. Are you real? Am I? Am I real? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) This is one of the best wards where the least sick patients live. It is an open ward, meaning patients enjoy some privileges and freedoms. They can walk outside to meals and programs by themselves. Even so, on spring days, patients sit together in the day room, never uttering a word. One man laughs, then cries. Another gestures wildly, talking to the three voices in his head. A woman is curled up on a chair, moaning. Many wear winter coats and heavy-knit hats despite the heat. A young, blue-eyed patient says he sits for hours staring and thinking violent thoughts. And he's in the less secure ward. Okay. Another sings a song from the 70s. I'm a joker. I'm a smoker. I'm a midnight toker. (laughs) A woman who says she is from Kokomo repeatedly circles a pool table. She is wearing a house coat and red slippers and tightly clutches a purse. It's like, well, she got things to do. Yeah. Now walk across Central State Grounds to Ward 14 in the bar building. Inside heavy locked doors and windows covered with mesh, it is oppressive and threatening. Even Nurse Joyce Currens, who is loving but tough, occasionally escapes to the peace of the locked nurse's station. Every nurse in attendance on this ward has suffered a broken bone on the job. Attendant Paul Johnson, a huge hulk of a man, shows how he recently lost a fingertip when an inmate slammed a door on him. Ah. Yeah. Yikes. Joyce adds, uh, these sweethearts open locks, mess with windows, throw tables. That table over there that makes a pretty good boom when it lands. This day, patients eagerly circle a visitor like big dangerous children. They grab her arm and take her purse demanding attention. Birthday? Birthday? Repeatedly ask ones. Then he offers her a kiss when she tells him the date. So I think you just want to know when her birthday was. It's like, okay. Another displays her bandage hand injured smashing a window. Another says he is lonely pleading, tell my mom to come visit me. Which is the saddest thing. One squinting, unshaven patient demands a job and money. (laughs) Then he walks, (laughs) then he wants to talk about June and Lydia. They were screaming and hollering days and nights, he says. They were upset with themselves. They weren't quiet. Okay. And I think that's what one of the nurses makes the argument later that you probably, the women that died, the nurse on staff that probably had, they were just one of 60. And another one during the same time, three patients had dismantled a bed and were using the parts as weapons. And then another time that a person, a woman died, a man had pushed his hand through a window and cut his, like, there was an emergency. So it's like, there's yeah. just not enough people. So yeah, there was abuse, but there also was neglect because they're just physically unable to care for 60 people as one person. Right. Psychiatrists are well-trained. Psychologists are well-trained. Social workers are well-trained. But the people who are caring for folks, even today, you know, in a typical hospital, have training, but they're not psychiatrists. By and large, they're behaviorists, and their training is somewhat limited. It doesn't pay well. There's turnover, and so the folks that do that do it because they have a good heart, but sometimes they don't have a good heart. I mean, you do get the bad apple, and sometimes bad things happen. So I, I think that there's clearly uh, many cases of seclusion and restraint that were inappropriate, and the kinds of restraints varied from you know the more sensitive types to those that you know, are medieval. To go into a mental hospital, to be a worker there, or to be... You know, inpatient there, I think, is uh, psychologically quite distressing for many people. Whether or not there's anything paranormal on top of it or not. Are there ghosts? 
Are there things that go bump in the night? Again, you have anecdotal stories which seem to be kind of interesting. The question is, what's the genesis of that? Is it really something extra normal? Is it um, something more explicable? But as a personal statement, I tend to think there is something there that's mysterious and that we don't understand. Every time there is a tragedy, I think, my God, what do we have to do to make this place better? Patient, Jeff Russell, who is brain damaged and confined to a wheelchair, answers this way. We need more help. We need more attention. We need more tax money. Quick fixes alone, say the frustrated staff and desperate families who want to see Central State saved, won't do it. It didn't fix anything, they say. When orders came down to lock the tub rooms and and deny baths after Linda drowned, so now no one can have a bath because someone drowned in the tub. (laughs) Sponge baths only. Yep. What do you say to your dad? On what? When you put him in the home, you're going to make sure he gets a nice... Oh, when he's being... Yeah, if he's being a dick or something, or if I tell him if he doesn't do something, I'll be like, I'll make sure when you go in the nursing home that you have a man giving you a sponge bath. (laughs) A strong (laughs) bath, yeah. Because you were born in the 50s and y'all ain't comfortable enough through sexuality. Mm -mm, mm -mm. (laughs) Uh, And it didn't fix anything when June's bedroom window was nailed shut after she froze to death. Even firing the attendants and nurse who neglected her solved little, they say. Attendants still are underpaid, underqualified, and largely unsupervised. Um, boarding up the window is not going to bring back the, de- the dead mm, person. But they're like, look, we fixed it. Now no one can freeze. Mm. In, the 19- in 1990, the National Alliance for the Mentally Ill said Indianapolis's mental health system was in distress and moving backwards. It called Central State the worst hospital in a bad system. Like, the worst of the worst? We're not that bad. We're not, We're not that, that bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, Governor Bai. We're okay. We're okay. <laughs> Governor Bai, I know that name, right? Evan Bai? Yes. Has not visited Central State. Uh, Bye, bitch. He was not stepping a foot in that building. The hospital's problems are priority and the deaths there have him plenty worried. I want all the options identified and outlined because ultimately the responsibility rests on my shoulders, he says. I don't know if I believe that. But some patients' death at Central State, there have been at least 19 since 1975, have been horrible. The community remembers patients who have burned to death or run into the path of speeding cars or dived off the hospital's water tower. So someone accidentally set themselves on fire. And if they can get away from the campus, there's cars, like just regular streets all around it. You just run right into oncoming traffic. Four deaths in the past year prompted Marion County Grand Jury Investigation. March 31st, 1992, the Marion County Prosecutor announced that a special grand jury will hear evidence on patients' death and charges of neglect and mismanagement at Central State. June 13th, 1992, patient Donald Allen dies in his bed at Central State, apparently of heart failure due to a seizure. They're like, guys, we're in the middle of the investigation. No one can die. And then I think this kid was young, too. was a younger guy. I'm like, like, okay, okay, we'll watch him. We'll watch him real good for right now. So it made everything. Okay, boss. Okay. You got it, boss. No deaths on my watch. You can (laughs) count on me. (laughs) That's what it was. So after that. June 23rd, so just a few days later, the governor orders Central State to close by June 30th, 1994. So after that one, they're like, one, what? We just said no one else can die <laughs> till they forget about us again. Allowing two years for a transition team to find new homes for 370 patients. June 8th, 1994, the state has paid 2010 to settle a lawsuit over the death of a patient and then another 130000 So they're getting sued. 
State officials and the attorneys for families of three women who died at Central State said they're going to court to try to obtain the evidence to gather together a special grand jury. The de- evidence might result in the firing of medical director James Donahue and Sharon Jett, a former psychiatric attendant on charges of reckless homicide, neglect of a dependent, and obstruction of justice in the death of Linda. The women also may be facing an additional charges of moving the body. Also, Stephen Leonard, the former maintenance chief, is charged with one count of theft. He is accused of using state-owned supplies and his employees' time to build furniture for himself, his friends, and family. <laughs> it's like, well, they were bored anyways. <laughs> Howard D. Harris, a former attendant, is charged with one count of rape and one count of sexual battery in the sexual assault of a 30-year-old mental patient. The alleged crime occurred in the fall of 1991. Prosecutor Modisette said rape was charged because the woman was incompetent and could not give her consent. Exactly. Even if you have sex with a prison inmate, it's still considered rape. They are property of the state. The state says no. (laughs) Russell A. Morgan, 36, a psychology student formerly interning at the hospital, was charged with one count of criminal deviant conduct and one count of sexual battery battery for allegedly touching a 24-year-old female patient improperly in November of 1991. Allegedly. Allegedly. So, nurse Patricia Thompson, a psychiatric attendant supervisor, Susan Sneed, and psychiatric attendant Sharon Jett, Paul Morton, Glenn Barker, Robert Allen, and Linda Sawyer, all fired from Central State immediately following the drowning of patient Linda Heine. So they were playing cards. I'm assuming they were playing euchre. I'm assuming they're playing. They were playing Uno. Uno. <laughs> Collect four. What is it? Connect four. Connect, no, like they slam down. It's like plus four. Like you have to draw yeah. four cards. <laughs> Thompson was the nurse in charge, and Jet was the attendant assigned to keep an arm's length watch to Linda. So you have one nurse or attendant, not even from sixty people, but you have to have them within like ice, like reach. I can reach you. At all times. I have to be able to arm's length, but I have to watch 59 other patients. Like, that's just silly. Yeah, that's not a thing. All were fired for neglect of a patient and attempting to cover up the death, except for Thompson, who was not on the ward at the time of the death. She was fired for failing to supervise. Like, I was like, well, I wasn't on shift. Like, doesn't matter. Jet and Sneed were indicted on charges of reckless homicide, neglect of a dependent, and obstruction of justice. On June 30th. 1994, Central State Hospital officially closed its doors after 148 years of service. The state used the land for a variety of purposes for the next decade, including a location for the American Red Cross and the state motor vehicle pool. The old pathology building was restored and is used as the Indiana Medical History Museum, while a new fire station was constructed along Washington Street. In 2003, the city of Indianapolis purchased the site from the state for 400000 and then they just kind of sat and did fucking nothing. There's something that goes on and on about, well, so-and-so bought it and they're going to fix it up. And then the recession and then like, never mind. We're not doing anything with that. Never mind. October of 2000. Uh, exactly. October of 2015, all the patient buildings that remained have been demolished and only a handful of older buildings on the west side of the property remain. The cemetery is on the hospital ground is in four sections in the northwest section of the property. Burials date back to the first burial on September 1855 and the last September 1947. It has since been discovered that some of the patients who died at Central State were buried in unmarked graves close to the property. And folks rarely, if ever, left the grounds. And they would die there. And they would have a cemetery. Some of the graves are very hard to discern the names. It's kind of vexing. You can't always tell who's buried where. 
What's this? This is the graveyard for Central State. Mysterious sightings have been made of figures disappearing into walls. Sounds of footsteps, distant moaning and crying. Ex-workers report feeling and even seeing their presence. Their spirits are still here, so I would suspect that there's a lot of spirits here in the hopes that someone, somehow, will free them from the horrors that they have lived through all of their lives. And I think that this is one of the reasons, too, why people want to try to connect with spirits, to find out how we can help them. Since I was a very small child, I have been a person that's been fascinated with, with architecture, with archaeology, with uh, things from the past. To me, the past is something uh, that's in the present. In my world, past, present, future happen all at one time. I call it present time. I'd heard stories from people uh, that had worked there that had been very spooked by different occurrences there. So that intrigued me to go there and check it out. We're here to meet the uh, IPI team to do the investigation at Central State. It was something that was very negative that was going on here. And the spot they, they picked to build this administration building is interesting to me too because it feels like it's on a, what I would call power spot. There's definitely energy here. And again, energy can be used in a negative or positive way. The number of graves is estimated to be around 4,000. There are no markers and records are incomplete. So that's what the thing is like they're saying it's like poltergeist where it's just a bunch of graves everywhere and no, they're not marked or it's just bumpy ground and they have no headstones or anything. I think they put up a a monument with like it's sad though yeah with plaques that say super sorry for the way things ended for you and but our great-great-grandmother is not on the property they did collect her once she was dead they said okay oh, we'll nice. take her now they're like what's her status De- dead okay oh, we'll okay come. we'll come Oops. bring out your dead however bring out your dead <laughs> Many modern-day ghost hunters believe that the dead mental patients still cry out today in despair and misery, especially for the people that live in, like, college dorm style on the building. Yeah. Courageous explorers report seeing evidence of the grisly living conditions in the stifling underground tunnels, mainly in the form of rusty chains, manacles, and remnants of straitjackets. The tunnels at Central State hold tales of distant cries, moaning, and even death. The year, about a year before, and had just built Evans Building and Bolton Building. And the tunnels were still there. As the team descended down to the tunnels, the air seemed choking and heavy. In the early days of Central State, it was thought that confinement and exclusion were the best forms of treatment for the mentally ill. So patients were kept in isolation and even shackled to walls. Dark and foreboding, the lower levels of the complex still echo of the tragic fate of those who were kept here. It's hot down here. When we came to that door, I could feel it behind us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's like a couple of It actually, the tunnel used to go to the old 
what they used to call uh, eight towers. It had eight towers. That was one of the old ancient names for uh, Central State. Seven steeples, because you could only see seven steeples from either way, but there were actually eight towers. The tunnels where you could go from the administration building into uh, the old main building were, or you could go from the administration building to any of the buildings on ground, even the powerhouse and the old pathology building. The tunnels are large enough to put a gurney through, and all you have to do is lower your head to get through them. All the hot water, the electric, and everything are spread out between them. The old uh, eight towers, that used to have uh, places where patients were put into isolation, and that in the basement. Then there was the rattling of the chains where they used to keep the patients in isolation. You could hear them when you were in Evans Building's tunnel going to the administration building. I do know that some of the, the old tunnels are still there underneath the, where the old women's building was, or the old main building. And you used to have to go down into the basement take patients from uh, Bolton building to the hospital unit which was in bar in the tunnels if they couldn't if it was inclement weather because I do think that there were times that the patients kind of, kind of played hide and seek but I, the more we got toward the block door down there I felt a really heavy energy of confinement and it's like a dungeon it's kind of like a dungeon energy Red Lady, uh, that I heard about her. She was a nurse that used to do ground checks. She died by, in an accident down in uh, the old main building. It was like about 20 years before they tore it down, and she used to wear a red cape when she went through the ground. And if you saw her when you were going through the tunnel, she would uh, come up and touch you to tell you were in the wrong place. Uh, electromagnetic field meter, and uh, at one point you got it a reading that would just seem to manifest itself in a, in a particular area, which is very unusual and unexplainable. Just seeing the flash of red and the white when I was in uh, the tunnels between uh, Bolton and Barr. I kept asking, what's this? And then one of the uh, older attendants that had been there for about 50 years told me about the lady in red and said that uh, you really needed to watch it towards the old seven steeples because uh, she would uh, definitely stop you. And I would feel like the cold chill when I would go in the tunnels. Something's here. Something's here is what I felt. Because Central State Hospital said abandoned for decades, it was an alluring place to rebel-rousing teenagers, homeless people, and paranormal investigators. There have, in fact, been a number of first-hand witnesses to ongoing sporadic and even corroborated pieces of evidence to paranormal activity around Central State Hospital. And I've sat in there and watched the midnight shift, being here by myself out of the clothes, and I'd hear doors shut. Have you been in there, you seen that big glass? I'd sat in there, relaxing. And I heard a woman in hills, clunk, 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 walk right up that glass. I jumped up and I looked and I looked, wasn't no one there. While I was standing there looking, I heard her walk away. Before I started working, I never believed in ghosts. 
One example centered on supposed former patient Alvin, who went missing and was believed to have escaped the hospital grounds. A nurse discovered that a female patient would often sneak off to the tunnels at night to talk with her friend named Al. Alvin's corpse was eventually discovered ah. in one of the many recessed tunnels connecting the vast network. Some people have reported moans and cries of despair near where his body was found. So she was sneaking off to talk Zoikies. with her ghost friend named Al. Or just the dead body. Yeah, to find a dead body. Because the tunnels is five miles of tunnels. Black tunnels. Dark, dark tunnel. In a dark, dark tunnel. In a in dark, dark chest. hospital. Yeah, the dark, dark hospital. I like that book. A nurse said she witnessed a ghost dressed in a bathrobe running down the hall of the women's dormitory. They say you can still sometimes see robed figures running across the midnight grass attempting to escape. Similar stories of additional workers seeing shadows and hearing ghostly screams in the basement have been reported. In addition, people have stated footsteps can be heard in the administration building that crossed the lobby and back again, as if the staff were going about their regular business. So just like click-clacking back and forth. Click-clack the wonder horse. <laughs> and I think... Oh, wait, that's clip clop. Paranormal investigators that go into this place, like, they hear a lot of loud noises when they're the only ones in there. What? Like, what? Like a big boom, and they're like, did you hear that? I'm like, I heard that. I didn't hear The anything. thing is, though. What when, was it? When I hear a loud boom, I'm running. These people run towards whatever the loud boom was to see. And then there's, like, there's a lot of heavy furniture and stuff, but it looks like trash. Like, there's just trash everywhere inside these buildings. And... They can never figure out where the boom comes from. Well, remember I told you there's that table the nurse was talking about that she's like, that table makes a loud boom when you flip it over. She's like, it's still making booming sounds. What was it that was drawing me to Central State? What voices needed to be heard here? Some of them think we're the ghost. So they will hide from us. Equipped with EMF metering equipment, the IPI team searched the cafeteria for signs of the paranormal. In theory, ghosts and or spirits give off electrical energy that can be monitored by this device. There's something right here. Kind of like a car alarm. Did EVP, Electronic Voice Phenomenon. It's alleged that spirits will communicate through electronic recording devices. The theory about spirit and entity is the reason the area gets cold or hot is because it sucks the energy out of that area, and that's why you get cold spots or hot spots. The powerhouse, one of the oldest structures still standing, has been focus of many reports of the supernatural. When we die, this electrical energy comes out of our bodies and it's just there in the atmosphere, charging the atmosphere, and that is what the spirits are. We're made of electromagnetic energy, and because of that, places that are conductors of electromagnetic energy, old power plants, are a source of spirit activity because of the way the energy fields are already set up there. Deep in the basement of the powerhouse, apparitions took on a different shape with clanging of pipes 
and in one instance, an assault on a sleeping workman. Deep in the darkness of the basement, a spirit is reported to have choked this unsuspecting soul as he slept. The workman awoke, gasping for air as he opened his eyes to darkness. Breaking free from what he thought was a human attack, he ran to the light switch and turned in a panic to see his attacker. But there was no one there, nothing but his empty cot. He was later examined and found to have deep red marks around his neck with no physical explanation. This has to do with whatever's underneath here. There's like a lot of really stagnant, what I would call astral energy that's trapped one eyewitness account comes from a former security guard named Louis Jackery. Even after the hospital shut down, he continued to work there in the boiler room, electrical shop, and by continuing to work some security shift. During this time, Louis would hear voices all around the hospital grounds while on security patrol. He claimed to have heard crying, screaming, and moans similar to when the hospital housed hundreds of mental patients. Lewis! Lewis! <laughs> this place definitely has uh, some energy. You just kind of feel it being here. One time you used to be able to see the fountains that were in the front of the building, and then there's one still there in front of Evans' building that's covered with bushes. There was a patient that had died out in the fountains. There's actually two that I knew patients that had died out there. When I would go uh, to check grounds at night when I was a supervisor, I would uh, see like shadows move. It is said that you can still hear the cries and groans of this poor soul echoing through the night. That just kind of scared me. Patients used to conjugate a lot in the grove, and they would all—you would always see them talking. But I always thought that was they were listening to their voices and talking to them. They always, when I was uh, younger, they always said the older patients could see the ghosts more than uh, than the newer ones because the older ones weren't as medicated or weren't on the newer medicines and that. So they they always said that there was like a psychic link between the older patients and what was going on out there. Alive with energy, yeah. There certainly is a draw here. And I never even gave this a second thought until we came out here to shop River Rats. You know, I heard about it, and I'm sure people joked about it, but I never even thought one second about it. But once you get here, it's almost like it, it kind of pulls you in. You know? Okay, this is good. This is my last part, and it's a Reddit user. Now, Reddit is Reddit, and you can take it for what it is, pick it up or drop it, I don't know. But this was a recent post from someone that would go exploring there before they fixed everything. So this is from American underscore Snuff. I used to sneak into Central State for a whole summer about five years ago. I was obsessed with going almost every night. I would park at the car wash on Washington Street, and myself and friends would hop over the fence and walk over. 
here are some of my personal experiences. One of the very first nights we got busted by a security officer. Prior to being found, we had hid by the admin building. Upon waiting for the security guard to leave, we saw this huge glowing orb of light just bouncing around in front of the building. Eventually, the security officer found us and he told us that we were welcome to roam around, just be respectful. I think he was more of an adult, like these were not necessarily teenagers, because if you have teenagers fucking around, they tell him to leave. He was more than accommodating and even told us a ghost story or two of his own personal experience. The tunnels. The scariest fucking experience. We, about six or seven of us, found our way down into the dark tunnels. If any of you have ever been in the tunnels, you know you are basically walking single file. So I pictured him as like a bigger tunnel. It's like, no, no, it's single file, creepy ass tunnel. Like one in front of the other. I was third to last in line. We kept hearing growls behind us. Not just low pitched, maybe could have been growls. (laughs) These sounded like (laughs) snarling bears. These sounded like snarling bears. After about 15 minutes of being in the tunnels and following arrow signs left by other curious people, the energy began to shift into something very uncomfortable. All of us felt terrified. I kept looking back behind me thinking someone, something was following us, but there wasn't anyone physically there. Another 10 to 15 minutes go by and we heard a loud male's voice that sounded like a smoker yell, Get out! Glad you yell, get out. Get out. Oh, that's creepy. And something glass was thrown. Get out, guy! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, get the fuck out of my house! (laughs) The last person that was in our line actually got cut on his calf by whatever was thrown. Now, this really could have been someone else from another another group playing a prank on us, but I don't know. Like, you feel like you would know... If someone else was there. Yeah, like, lying in wait in the single-file tunnel for you to trick you, like, and you wouldn't see a flashlight or something... Another night, we went exploring. We came across the courtyard area. I think this was behind the admin building or a little further out. It had paved sidewalks and a bunch of trees. I believe this led from one building to another. We all took a break and were talking about where we wanted to go when the energy got super cold and very odd. Again, it's that feeling that someone or something was watching you. We all had a view of of the trees in the courtyard when we all saw what looked like shadows peeking around the trees. The only way I can describe it was like if someone was holding onto a tree trunk from one side and peeking around it. So like the Scooby-Doo look. Yeah, but it's like... Yeah, like six terrifying. heads on top of each other. That scares me. We all hightailed it out of there. Actually seeing a shadow in mid-motion peeking around a tree is something I will never forget. I saw a shadow person in our backyard. Remember that? It scared the crap out of me. Yep. Who was it? I didn't tell you this. No, I don't know. I was letting him out and it must have been the moon was well lit enough I swear, it was behind, like, the willow trees. I saw a person do this, like, get out of the way when they realized I was making eye contact with them. And I was like, it scared me enough. I turned right around and went inside and locked the door. I left Boris to die. <laughs> wow, like, I'm not going to fucking sleep tonight. I know. And I sent Daniel out there. I was like, Daniel, like, I was freaked out. Like, I saw it. Like, I know what a person looks like. I saw someone duck behind our willow trees. In the, It was darker than the dark. And that's what they always explain shadow people look like. And I was freaked the fuck out. And I made Daniel go out there. And he's standing out there. Oh, yeah. And then I scared him because she didn't tell me. Yeah, she walked out there, doesn't touch anything. And the magnets on that screen, like, snap, 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 snap. And he goes, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, it. I went out there the next day to look for, like, cigarettes or something to see if some pervert was out. Because I could smell cigarette smoke, which I was like, well, one of our neighbors is a smoker. But I was like, it was real fresh smelling cigarettes. And I was like, that's really weird. 
You didn't find anything? Uh-uh. It could have been any. I don't know. It could have been anything. I mean, it could have been a kid. As long as it doesn't happen again, I yeah. don't care. <laughs> so that's my ghost story. Among just exploring the buildings and the grounds, it was disturbing to know that the area looked to be as if they just left. Didn't pack up any classified paperwork, no furniture. I mean, there were still drawings and a lunch schedule posted on the cafeteria area. We even found shoes and stuffed animals. The entire feeling of the place goes from eerie to sad to terrifying. We heard moans in the woman's wreck area. Our cameras picked up orbs, which could have been dust. I've been touched only once out of the ten plus times I've been there, and I've heard disembodied voices. The graveyard area is so bumpy, like the graves are popping out. It reminds me of a tilled farming field. Probably the most unsettling thing happened to me upon visiting was the bruises I received. Now, I told you that I was obsessed with going, like something or someone was calling me every night to visit there, and I would go. After every time I went, I would find new bruises all over me. I was covered in fingerprint-sized bruises all the time. At the time, I was 24 years old and lean. I would know if I bumped into something and hurt myself. Visiting that place also, I feel, made me depressed. I can't express to you how obsessed I was with Central State. I would spend an entire 24 hours without sleeping, researching the place, and visiting then the next day and do it all over again. It gives me the creeps thinking about that time again. Why was he doing it? Just like, obsessed with like, it's so... I don't know, you can get addicted to your own adrenaline, too. I'm not going to fucking sleep tonight. I'm going to be freaked out. I'm sorry. But that was like, there was was the history, there was the criminal part, and then there was the paranormal part. And the conveyor belt that used to carry coal up will start on its own. Like, so the place is closed down, and all of a sudden that would fire up. Another person, one of the books I was looking at, paranormal investigator went back to get his compass and he heard a train coming by that used to bring the coal and he came out and he's like do you guys hear that train they're like nope nothing no train it was a ghost train i hear the train, train coming so the orbs thing that was an episode of hey arnold they had a ghost train the orbs thing like they took photos and it was just like thousands of orbs and they're like but it's dust and i was like listen we look at houses of photos constantly like mom and I, think of how many pictures you've looked at of houses. Photos for sale. of houses. Yeah, the inside, like of houses for sale. How many that you've looked at? And then on Instagram, it's like save this house, or like old. You know, they would put cheap houses something on Instagram. So they're cool houses that are old and they're cheap. And you're like, I'm moving and getting this house. All those photos gone through them, gone through them. Mom sent me today photos of a house that was for sale in the neighborhood. Look at these pictures. Once. Have I seen a ton of orbs in a photo? And it was in a church that was for sale on that website. Like the Instagram was filled with them. And they're like, it's dust. And I was like, if dust did that that much, they would be everywhere. Only other time I've seen orbs, our neighbor's house, when they put it up for sale. I was going through their pictures like, there's orbs in your living room. Fuck. There you go. Yeah, but I think I made the argument. They were taken with an iPhone. That is that green dot. No, there was no green dot. It's just like circle or like perfect circles. I don't know. If you get one or two, okay, maybe. But it's just like there were thousands of them. And she's like, then you feel like you're walking through them. So Central State now, like you said, is entertainment, venue, apartments. They redid the 1889 building. To make it all fancy for your wedding. So go get married there and tell me if there's any ghosts. Or if you move in there, I want to know what ghosts haunt you. Or if anyone has explored Central State before this, I need to know. Because our great-great-grandmother lived there for like 20 years. Got anything else? I'm scared. I'm scared, dear friend. 
Good luck walking home. Walking. I'm kidding. You're driving home. I still have to walk into my house, and that scares me every fucking night. Look. What? I just took a picture of you. This is, No, this is so creepy. Check this out. <laughs> Daniel took a picture and drew circles around me in little orbs. Green? No, those are green circles. I'm not doing the green dot thing. What's I'm weird about, about orbs. it? What's weird about it is they're poorly drawn, done orbs. Circles. They're circles. Orbs. 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 We'll put, I'll so you're, they were ugly people. Is that what you're saying? Orbs of ugly yes. people. I think that's all I got. Carla, I think that's you. Tell them where to find us. Anywhere their podcasts are available, you can hear us. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter, like some Facebook. If someone wants to send us in ghost stories, I'll take them. True ghost stories, no creepy pastas, and might be able to read a few of those. Right? Might be able to read a few of them. Skippity doo da. All right. And for honest to goodness, stay, stay out, out of, of the, the corn and the insane asylums. I'm scared. So A grim side of the mental illness. I think we should talk about rehabilitation, about getting well, not feeling as if as if we're criminals hiding from a from a past.